Welcome to the Shakeout Podcast. I'm your host, Kate Van Buskirk. Each week, Canadian running staff writer Maddie Kelly and I bring you the news, results, and drama from the exciting world of running. This is The Rundown. Maddie, it's the first official day of fall. Happy fall. Yeah, you too, Kate. Thank you. That's a, I mean, it's exciting. It, it's kind of sad in a way, but um, for those living in southern Ontario near where we live, um, they will know that it has felt like fall, like late fall for the last couple of weeks. So it seems fitting. It's been very, very unseasonably cool. It has been, but I kind of, it's my favorite weather of the year. Mine too, honestly. And for running, it's fantastic. It's kind of like you've like taken a weight off your chest, like this time of year because you trained and it was so freaking hot and then it just goes away. Yeah, it's so true. And that cooler air just feels so good in your lungs. You're right. It is like taking off weights. Well, lots of things to look forward to. So Maddie, uh, right off the bat, you had kind of an adventure on your first day of autumn. Can you tell us what happened today? Me? Oh, freaking my. Okay. So I will preface this by saying that I'm, as my boyfriend pointed out tonight, he said, it's the Pembroke in you. I'm a very trusting person. I am not great at locking doors. I'm kind of willy nilly with where I'll leave my stuff because I just believe people are good and I would never take someone's crap. So I just don't think that anyone would take mine. But I was proven wrong today when someone stole my cell phone when I was standing 10 meters away from them. And they clearly didn't know that you are a Canadian 800 meter champion because well, I feel like most people wouldn't risk that. Joke's on me because I spent all day chasing them. Anyway, I was recording a shoe review with a colleague of ours. His name is Nick. And we left his backpack and my running shoes because we were we had you know I've always there's the pair we're shooting and then the pair I'm just wearing on my feet because I've got to hold them up to talk about them Mm -hmm. um and then my water bottle and we left all this on the sidewalk and we're using the same like 20 to 30 meters of road to shoot me doing some strides Mm -hmm. so I can see my stuff almost the entire time except for the like 10 seconds when I do a stride, which I have my back turned to my stuff. Um, Anyway, we're walking back from one of the strides and I look at my shoes and the phone is gone. And I go, holy, I know we're not really supposed to swear on this program, but I go, holy, someone stole my phone. And I said it pretty loud. And then these three high school kids start booking it. So I know these three high school kids literally just swipe my phone. Anyway, by the time I realized what's happened. These kids are gone because I just kind of stood there dumbfounded for a minute because I've like never had anything stolen from me. And anyway, my sister is an angel and we share an Apple ID, which I've been told is very problematic for a long time. But today it came through big because she was able from her account to on find my iPhone, lock my phone so that they couldn't use it. And then trace it the entire time. Wow. So she went and found the phone 
and she knocked on someone's door because she thought it was in their house. And they came outside and she was like, you know, like my iPhone was lost today. And according to the GPS signal, it says it's here. And these men were kind of like, you know, we don't know anything about a phone. But like I had let her know that, you know, these were high school students. I was like 99.9% sure who had my stuff. Mm -hmm. So she was like, okay, that kind of checks out. Anyway, and then she presses ping because you can ping the phone through this app, which all of this is news to me. And they just threw the phone in the bushes. So this phone just happened to be in this man's front yard. Oh my gosh. What a story, Maddie. Yeah. So I have my phone again. They kept my phone case. No problem. I actually said yesterday, it's ripping. I need a new one, but I've got my phone back. That's pretty remarkable. Well, and I am someone who, if it wasn't for like our work obligations, it wouldn't have stressed me out as much. But I have, like, I call people for a living. Mm -hmm. Like, you, like, have to do interviews. And when you work remotely, you really need a phone. So that's why I was freaking out because I was like, oh, my gosh, like, I need this so badly in order to do my job. So stressful. Mm -hmm. Also, can we just marvel at modern technology? So I just got an iPhone. I've been an Android gal for my entire adult life will say, and I am loving my new iPhone. And I was actually just setting it up today. And I learned all about the find my phone and the pinging thing. And like, what a great option to have if something like this ever happens. Which I mean, it's a, it's a little disconcerting, to be honest, that we can just always be traced. But at the same time, in this case, it came in real handy. Well, so it saved awesome. me like a couple thousand dollars and a whole lot of hassle. So I was super happy to find it. But yes, I was kind of like, it is insane that we have this much access to people's information. But anyway, yeah. it was a trip. We got it wow. sorted out. It was a super weird day. <laughs> No kidding. Well, I'm glad that you got it back. And uh, all you need to do now is get a new case and not leave it on the sidewalk in the middle of downtown Toronto. Yeah, I know. That was a bit of a small town move. No, but see, I commend that. And I, I, I did not grow up in a small town. I grew up in a suburb of Toronto. And like, I've lived in big cities most of my life. And I still like to think that if I set my phone on the ground 10 meters from me where I could see it at all times, that it would be pretty safe. So I, I I understand that instinct. I'm just I'm sorry that you, you were sort of let down today and it didn't it didn't come through for you. Well, and thankfully, so our videographer had like tens of thousands of dollars of camera equipment in his backpack. Oh. So thankfully, they didn't decide to swipe the bag um, because that would have been like way worse. <laughs> so I gotta ask: Did the thought of chasing them down ever cross your mind? For a second. Like Nick had a bike, but we were just mm. both so dumbfounded because he was kind of behind me and he was like, wait, what happened? And because I was just looking around because I was in such disbelief because I was like, I'm standing right here. There's no way someone took my phone. Also, like just on the off chance they didn't, I didn't want to be like a real Karen about it and right. be like, you guys stole my phone. Oh, man. Because there had been a few people on the sidewalk. I just figured it was them because when I said that, they took off. Well, happy ending to the story. Mm-hmm. Um, how's running going? Uh, running's going. Running's going super well. We're back at practice. We're running a few workouts a week. Um, you know, I ran fifty k total last week. Wow! So we're getting there. You're a real runner. I know we've been saying that for a couple of weeks now, but that must feel so good. It really does. How how was your uh, Ikigiro's procedure? 
Oh gosh, yes. So it was fine actually. I I I had done some research on it, but I had done probably too much research. Like I had read like in-depth research papers about this. Um, and I had just freaked myself way out, like way more than I needed to. Um, so, you know, it was great. I got there. I had a really awesome doctor. My coach was there with me, but it was interesting, right? Because this whole procedure is done and it's guided by ultrasound. So the doctor's sitting there with the ultrasound, you know, machine in one hand and the, the needle in the other, and he's using, you know, the screen to see where he's supposed to be digging in to my very injured Achilles tendon. But because it's on the back of my leg, I was lying face down on the table, facing away from the ultrasound machine. And my coach was standing there watching the whole thing. And I kept hearing him go like, oh, that's so cool. Or like, oh, really neat. And I kept wanting to turn around and I would go to turn and they'd both be like, don't turn around. (laughs) (laughs) I think it's the kind of thing that would be really cool to watch a, if it was done on someone else, or B, if it's done on you, but after the fact. Watching yeah. it in real time was not something that was recommended to me. It's not advised. So, you know, it, it was it was uncomfortable. So here's the weird thing. Because they only use local anesthetic to numb the area, I, I honestly didn't feel any pain, which was great. But I could feel the needle in my Achilles. Ugh. And it, yeah. And it just felt like pressure the whole time. And in fact, one and this this had happened to me back in 2018 as well. It's a recurring problem. I had so much scar tissue in there that the tendon had actually fused with the fat pad that sits behind it. And the two are supposed to move independently and they had been fused together by scar tissue. So one of the things that my doctor had to do is go in with this pretty large gauge needle and separate those two structures and break up that scar tissue. And I could feel the needle having resistance over and over again. And then all of a sudden I felt it like push through. It was the weirdest thing. Oh, that's so gross. But probably yeah, it, really, really relieving. You know, it was. And um, it. I'm already walking pretty much normally. This was done on Thursday, so only a few days ago. Mm-hmm. And um, I'm allowed to run in just over a week's time. So in terms of recovery, it's, it's, it's no big deal. Awesome. Yeah, so I'm excited. I'm excited to get back to running. I'm excited to get back to some longer training and uh, be off the track for a bit. So yeah, fall fall is my favorite time of year to run as well. And I'm sure you and I will be doing lots of it together very soon. So you know what we won't probably be doing? I mean, you can. And if you do, please let me know because I would love to learn more about this is doing any of our running backwards. No, I've had a few injuries lately, as anyone who listens knows, and I'm good to avoid them for a bit. So there is a gentleman in Kansas named Aaron Yoder, who a couple weeks back set a one mile backwards running, also known as retro running world record. So this guy ran a mile in 530 running backwards in the virtual Fifth Avenue mile, which is so impressive. And we've talked about retro running a bit on this on the show before um there's a video of it that we'll link in the write-up but this that's moving 5 30 and it was a huge huge personal best yeah that's really really moving what is his forward smile pb that's a great question i don't have that information but we should find out if any of our listeners happen to know what aaron yoder has run running forwards, please do let us know, um, because this is a very specific skill set. And it's been kind of fun because over the last few years, he's actually done several backwards running miles. Um, and he actually set the first world record back in 2015, running 554. 
Um, he lost that record in 2019 to Brendan Kelly, who bettered it by one second, running 553 on American Ninja Warrior, which I didn't even know that they had that on American Ninja Warrior, but apparently that's a thing. And then Aaron reclaimed it again um, just a couple months later, running uh, also 5.53, and then bettered that down to 5.30 a couple weeks ago. So super, super impressive. I have elliptical backwards, and that was enough. Mm, Yeah, that feels a lot safer. (laughs) Yeah. It's still still hard, though, when you spend all that time going in one direction, you know? Right. Yeah, this is also why we don't tend to be great lateral athletes. (laughs) In our next piece of news... John Capriotti, who several outlets have called the most powerful man in track and field, stepped down as Nike's global director of sports last week. And so global director of sports is a his fancy title, but really what his sort of layman's title was is the man behind track and field for Nike. Mm-hmm. So he was in the position for 21 years and he was responsible for many of the company's biggest track deals, including a $400 million contract with USATF. He was also on the teams that, you know, brought on the Bowerman Track Club and unfortunately the Nike Oregon Project, but the Oregonian reported that his departure had nothing to do with NOP or Salazar. Um, But many are concerned that Nike may not place the emphasis on track and field that it has in the past two decades with the loss of John. So we will have to see how that plays out. Well, and that's really how Nike got started was in track and field. So that would be a huge loss and big loss at Nike to to have Mr. Capriotti no longer with them. So Athletics Canada announced a really cool event that's going to be taking place on the Scotiabank Toronto Waterfront Marathon weekend, the weekend that that race would have been held, which is October 17th and 18th. And this is a virtual relay. It's going to be four person relays and there's going to be a women's uh, division, a men's division, and then a mixed gender division. And basically for the four runners can split up the distance of a marathon any way they like, as long as the legs are five kilometers or longer um, and compete virtually against other teams from all across the country, which I think is such a really cool initiative. Very, very fun. And we're all just looking for different ways to get competitive right now, you know? And even if it's a training run for you, hop in, see how fast you can run. I would not be an asset on this team as I cannot, you know, run more than 5K at a time very quickly. Uh, But if you got like a group of really good, even 10K runners together, that's a fun team. I'm going to be on a mixed gender relay team for this event. And I am pumped about it. Who's on Uh, your team? I'm not at liberty yet to tell you who is going to be on my team, but suffice it to say, it should be a really fun little group of us. And I think we could do quite well. So stay tuned for a future episode of The Rundown when I spill the tea as to who is going to be on my team. So also on that same weekend of October 17th and 18th, I still can't believe this is happening. It is so exciting. There is going to be a world championship in Poland, and this is the World Half Marathon Championships Super, super exciting. And Kate, Athletics Canada named their team today. Drumroll, please. So on the men's side, it's going to be Thomas Toth, Trevor Halfbauer, Ben Preisner, and Justin Kent. Great team. 
And then on the women's side, a little disappointing to see only one was named, and it is the phenomenal former Canadian record holder, Rachel Cliff. Um, So I think it's just been really hard for people to qualify and to stay healthy and even to really think that this was going to happen, right? Because our listeners, some some of you will remember that these world champs were actually supposed to take place back in March and then got postponed to October. So weird, unprecedented times, but so exciting for these five athletes that they're going to have an opportunity to throw on that coveted Team Canada kit and uh, really show the world what we're made of. Can't wait to watch. I love a world championship. I miss them. However, this week, we have some action, ladies and gentlemen, in the form of the Doha Diamond League, which will be the final Diamond League of the weirdest summer of our lives. <laughs> and there will be no Canadians. However, as per usual, there's still some strong action. So you're going to want to tune into that because it's the last track meet of the season and it's fun to watch track on TV. It sure is. And Doha as you said, should be very exciting. Great fields, people getting after some world record attempts. And Maddie, will CBC be showing this again? Oh, you know it. Excellent. Thank you. Shout out to our friends at CBC for giving us the live stream for free to all of those from coast to coast across Canada. Um, yeah, I, I just still can't believe that we had Diamond Leagues at all. So that kind of feels like the icing on the cake, to be honest. We super duper appreciate it. What's up next for you, Miss Madeline Kelly? How's your week looking? Well, I got I got another running practice this week. That'll be fun. I'm gonna go run with Bayfront Endurance tomorrow night. Shout out to Tony Romanu and Reed Coolset, their new running group. It's it's a lot of fun. If you're a Hamiltonian or Burltonian, check it out. I think that's that's about it so far. It'll be I ha- I've had a very busy couple of weeks, so I'm looking forward to catching up on a little sleep. Actually, mm-hmm. speaking of, I have this new thing called a whoop strap that I wear. Oh, yeah. Tell us about that. That monitors your training, sleep, and recovery. And I have learned that I'm an exceptional sleeper. Well done, Maddie. Thank you. I had a hunch, and I was, I was, I was bang on. So, so I'm assuming it measures like quality and duration of sleep? Exactly. So most people on average can have up to 30 disturbances a night in their sleep. And that's pretty normal, like just small things. You know, you move, you wake up for a very quick second. A lot of these disturbances you won't even remember. However, when I have a good night's sleep, you know how many disturbances I have? I don't know, but you're an overachiever, so I'm sure it's ridiculously low. Three. It's like I die. <laughs> And one of those disturbances is like right before I wake up. Like I literally die and then I come to. That sounds pretty perfect, actually. Well, sometimes it's not all sunshine and rainbows because I get sometimes if I'm excited about something, like it can be something so small. Like I'm like, I know I'm going to have pancakes tomorrow morning. Then I have a hard time falling asleep because I think, oh, my God, the pancakes. Um, But once I'm asleep, I'm out. Good job. That uh, is something that I think most of us wish we could embrace even more. So uh, it's cool that you have that sleep tracker. And that, did you know that you were a good sleeper? Like, but did, did you? Was this um, new information? I've always been, unless I am like extremely anxious, like 
So like the night before a race, I'll take a sleeping pill sometimes, like especially Mm -hmm. if I'm racing in the evening the next day when I just know I'm going to have a hard time getting to Mm -hmm. sleep. Um, So once I'm asleep, I've always known I'm a good sleeper because I almost never wake up in the night. Um, But sometimes I have a hard time falling asleep. That's my issue. It's not Mm -hmm. staying asleep, though. I've always been good at that. Well, I'm very jealous and I'm sure lots of our listeners are too, because I wish I could sleep a little deeper than I do. But uh, as we get into the colder, darker months, that also tends to not be as much of a problem. So starting to curl up with some good books before I go to sleep. That's one of the things I've been doing because I'm notoriously bad for being on my phone too close to bedtime. Mm -hmm. So I'm trying to cut back on screen time. And I'm also starting to do some evening like light yoga meditation with just very few lights on and uh, that's been feeling good too so hopefully I can get closer to your sleep patterns because they sound pretty good well Maddie um, like I said I'm looking forward to running with you again very soon and we'll have lots more exciting stuff to fill all of our listeners in on next week but in the meantime for your week in review I'm Kate and I'm Maddie and we'll do it all again soon Thank you.